Good evening, folks. This is your host, Terry Farley in Dallas, Texas. Now calling to each one of you from the eye of the storm. The eye is at the very center of a hurricane. Regardless of how powerful the hurricane, the eye at the center is calm. God's word leads us to the eye. For the Lord encourages each of us to be still and know that he is God. Psalm 46, verses 10 and 11. Psalm 46, verses 10 and 11. Thank you each and every one very much for joining me this evening. I really appreciate it. Welcome to all, especially all of our new listeners uh, to From the Eye of the storm. Tonight, we continue our heading for Calm Harbor, our port of call centered at the very eye of the storm. And uh, all desiring to follow along may open their Bibles to Proverbs chapter 8, again, beginning in Proverbs chapter 8, verse 1. We understand from God's personal point of view, wisdom is the principal thing. Proverbs chapter 1, verses 2 through 7, establish the construction of wisdom. Wisdom and instruction go hand in hand, enabling one to identify words of understanding to receive the instruction of wisdom and justice and judgment, plus equity or fairness. Wisdom even bestows subtlety to the simple and knowledge and discretion to the young man. The wise will also hear and increase learning. Understanding attains and advises uh, to wise counsel. Wisdom understands proverbs and their interpretation. Wisdom understands wise words, even unto dark sayings. We often misquote the fear of the Lord as the beginning of wisdom, when truly the fear of the Lord is in fact the beginning of knowledge. Fear grabs one's attention and received properly galvanizes one's focus. Conversely, fools despise wisdom and instruction. Proverbs chapter 8 drills deep into the heart of wisdom and its flowering, providing the astute the path forward until Jesus shouts us upward. Thus, our beginning in Proverbs chapter 8, verses 1 through 4, adumbrates or foreshadows that imminent moment by alerting the aware of the blessings of wisdom being made available in this here and now. Chapter 8. Doth not wisdom cry and understanding put forth her voice? She standeth in the top of the high places by the way of the places of the paths. She cries at the gates, at the entry of the city, at the coming in at the doors. Verses 1 through 4. O you men, men I call, and my voice is to the sons of men. Yes, wisdom cries out, revealing understanding, and she shouts from the highest, most public venues. She cries out in the pedestrian pathways, in the gates of the cities, at their very entrances as one enters the buildings through the doorways. God is calling to the sons of man, each and every one, calling as the word declares unto you, O man. 
picking up in verses 5 through 11 of chapter 8, O ye simple, understand wisdom, and ye fools, be ye of an understanding heart. Hear, for I will speak of excellent things, and the opening of my lips shall be right things, for my mouth shall speak truth, and wickedness is an abomination to my lips. All the words of my mouth are in righteousness. There is nothing forward or perverse in them. They are all plain to him that understands, and right to them that find knowledge. Receive my instruction, and not silver, and knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is better than rubies, and all the things that may be desired are not to be compared to it. Wow, did you hear it? Verse 5 opens with a plea to the simple, and also to the fools. God loves everyone, and his call of hope is to each and every person on earth, young and old and in between. As the preacher King Solomon has warned the fools and the simple in earlier chapters, he now speaks directly to them, knowing the wise are listening attentively already. God calls to the simple and the fool that they may also understand in their hearts and be saved. God calls for all to listen. He speaks only excellent things, only right things. He speaks only truth. Jesus quoted only from the Tanakh, the Old Testament, declaring he himself is the truth, the fountain of all wisdom. God hates wickedness, detailed, detailed throughout his word. God speaks only righteousness through his prophets, never froward, remember that word, or perverse. His words are plain in understanding and right to all who find knowledge. The listener is called to receive instruction and not silver, knowledge rather than gold. Wisdom is better than rubies. Every desirous thing on earth in life cannot compare with the incomparability of wisdom. Jesus' sermon on the mountain in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6, reveals all. Matthew, chapter 6, Jesus speaking, beginning in verse 19. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying at a single hour to your life, 
And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 to 34. Returning to Proverbs chapter 8, verses 12 and 13, I wisdom dwell with prudence and find out knowledge of witty inventions. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride, and arrogancy, and the evil way, and the froward mouth do I hate. Dwelling is where we live. We cultivate prudence in our private lives where we are privileged to ask, for example, do I do this? Do I say that? How do I respond, if at all? Thus prepared, we greet the day and follow through the moments. Wisdom discovers knowledge, even all the way to the minutia of ideas, revealing each bite, B-Y-T-E, down to the very bite, B-I-T-E, that one is seeking. Fearing God empowers one to hate evil. Verse 13 exemplifies evil as pride and arrogancy, and the evil way, and the froward mouth do I hate. Proverbs verses 14 through 21 of chapter 8 microscope into the realities dispersed dispersed through wisdom. And we read, Counsel is mine and sound wisdom. I am understanding. I have strength. By me kings reign and princes decree justice. By me princes rule and nobles, even all the judges of the earth. I love them that love me, and those that seek me early shall find me. Riches and honor are with me, yea, durable riches and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold, yea, than fine gold, and my revenue than choice silver. I lead in the way of righteousness, in the midst of the paths of judgment, that I may cause those that love me to inherit substance and I will fill their treasures. Proverbs is replete with counsel, advising, for example, enlisting the multitude in counseling, whereby one prevents a fall, keeps plans from going awry, even the sound wisdom to wage one's own war. These from Proverbs 11.14, 15.22, and 24.6, for example. Wisdom imbues one with both understanding and the resulting confidence and strength of acuity, being certain of oneself and one's decisions. It is by wisdom that kings and princes decree justice. It is perhaps from Proverbs that the understanding of divine right of rule was first accepted, 
Certainly, the book of Daniel supports additional insight into rulership. He changes times and seasons. He deposes kings and raises up others. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. Daniel chapter 2, verse 21. Also, it is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the honor of kings is to search out a matter. Proverbs chapter 25, verse 2. Verse 16 emphasizes, along with Daniel 2.21, the ordained line of rulership continuing on to the princes, nobles, and all the judges. If this revelation doesn't put the fear of God in you, you're dead, cold, and in the grave. Astonishingly, wisdom loves those who love wisdom. All are especially encouraged to seek wisdom early. A forgotten Greek philosopher explaining his beginning the study of another language at the age of 80 by responding, because it's the only age I have left. Wisdom loves those who love wisdom. Both durable riches and honor flow from wisdom, true honor bestowed through righteousness. To extrapolate, wisdom's fruit is better than 14 karat gold. Yes, even better than 22 karat gold. Yes, wisdom's payday returns are superior to the choicest of silver. Wisdom's, wisdom's path runs down the center of judgment, righteous judgment, that is. Wisdom causes those who love her to inherit that which is real. A true testimony. God moved a missionary in London, going through want ads in the London Times one sleepy Sunday afternoon, to come upon a notice that a radio station in Monaco was for sale. The Lord impressed the missionary to buy the station. Very long story short, he negotiated and bought the station. The Nazis had built the station during the war with the intention of filling the worldwide airwaves with the station's capabilities and reach with their, with, their prop, with their propaganda. Its studios were outfitted with all of the latest and finest recording equipment to carry out their mission. Thus, the station came out for sale following their defeat. A friend was invited to come to Monaco, uh, to Monaco to witness the final payment of the five-year contract which included the stipulation that $1 million was demanded on the day of due payment each of the five years. The missionary assured his friend there were no worries, as he knew the banker personally. He confidently told his friend, come and watch God make the final payment. The friend noticed the missionary was visibly shocked when they were shown into the banker's office. Nervously, the missionary asked for his friend. Yes, the new banker replied, he was moved elsewhere on short notice, and I was assigned this office. May I help you? <laughs> the missionary explained his purpose. The banker requested the file be brought in. He read the file and then looked up to inform the missionary, you've fallen short on the payment. Technically, that meant the missionary must now forfeit the radio station immediately. After a brief pause, the banker let out a sigh and said, You know, when I was given the orders to come down here, 
I wondered what God was doing. He then called for the secretary and, returning the file to her, said to have the monies that had been deposited to be recounted to ensure the final total was correct. Then he suggested that he and the missionary and his friend go out for coffee. When they returned to the office, the banker checked the total and noted the amount was closer, but they were still about $20,000 short. Calling his secretary once more, he asked her to have the rates of exchange around the world checked and to refigure the amount paid once again. Meanwhile, they continued getting to know each other, their conversation centering on mission work and witnessing to the gospel to the world. When the file was returned, the banker noted a sufficient addition with a small bit left over, which he would, he would, he said, uh, tra have transferred to the missionary's account. Returning to Proverbs 8.21, And she, wisdom, promises a yield that fills the treasures of all who love her, not merely temporarily in this life, but superiorly, divinely, eternal, forever. Appropriate here are the words of Jesus, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 21. So, where did wisdom originate? Wisdom reveals her past in verses 22 through 31. The Lord possessed me in the beginning of his way, before his works of old. I was set up from everlasting, from the beginning, or ever the earth was. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no fountains, abounding with water, before the mountains were settled, before the hills I was brought forth. While as yet he had not made the earth, nor the fields, nor the highest part of the dust of the world, when he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he set a compass upon the face of the depth, when he established the clouds above, when he strengthened the fountains of the deep, when he gave to the sea his decree, that the waters should not pass his commandment, when he appointed the foundations of the earth. Then I was by him, as one brought up with him, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him, rejoicing in the habitable part of his earth, and my delights were with the sons of men. Wisdom, as all things, begins with God and was with him before his works of old began. One Bible teacher suggested, I know you've considered eternity future, but have you ever thought about eternity past? God has always been. He set up wisdom before creating the earth, as stated in verse 23 and following. Wisdom was by God witnessing the creation. Thus, Wisdom is the principal thing, the first. Set up before the earth was, from the beginning, before the mountains were settled, 
no depths existed when wisdom was brought forth, ere any fountains abounding with water before hills, no earth or fields or highest part of the dust of the earth. Wisdom witnessed the preparation of the heavens. When God set a compass on the face of the depths and established the clouds above and strengthened the fountains of the deep, when God established the boundaries of the sea and appointed the foundations of the earth, wisdom was at his side, daily his delight, rejoicing always, rejoicing in the habitable parts of the earth. Wisdom's delights were with the sons of men. Thus having been introduced, wisdom concludes chapter 8 with instructions, closing with verses 32 through 38. Now therefore hearken unto me, O ye children, for blessed are they that keep my ways. Hear instruction, and be wise, and refuse it not. Blessed is the man that hears me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the posts of my doors. For whoso finds me finds life, and shall obtain favor of the Lord. But he that sins against me wrongs his own soul. All they that hate me love death. Once more, wisdom returns the listener to his task to hearken, listen, and to spe specifically listen to wisdom, framing the request as unto children. Even if you are at an advanced age, you haven't been around from the beginning before the foundations of the earth were laid. The wise testify that they learn something new every day. Wisdom bestows grace, encouraging that all who keep her ways receive blessings. Hear instruction and be wise. Don't refuse it. Blessed are all who hear wisdom, watching daily at wisdom's gates, waiting at the very post of wisdom's doors. All who find wisdom find life itself, and additionally find favor from God. Rejecting wisdom is sinning against your own self. Worse still, anyone who hates wisdom loves death. The Lord willing, should he tarry, We'll be launching out into chapter 9 of Proverbs next Sunday evening. Wisdom continues to unfold before us as the benefits and blessings of seeking, discovering, and employing wisdom reveal the rewards of individual and personal pursuit of the wise path. Practical application of wisdom provides the handles with which one can navigate this world's challenges. For further encouragement in God's Word, may I encourage you, all who seek further in in-depth study, please Google T.L. Farley books, including Blast Off for Piamore, Edition 5, now available. Jesus' Atomic Moment, uh, His Shout for Scripture, The Prophecy of Our Blessed Hope, The Rapture is the only prophecy remaining in the Bible that needs nothing else to happen before it takes place. And Jesus shouts for his bride, the church. We believers are bound for the greatest ride off this earth, providing insights from Genesis through Revelation, made available through 25-plus Bible versions, which are alpha-indexed, 1350-plus verses for encouragement. There's plenty of room and everyone is invited. You only need Jesus. And someone uh, can mention to Elon when they get a chance, 
uh, any believers on Mars will be going with us. We hate to leave him shorthanded. Again, you, I hope maybe he's coming too. Again, you may also Google T.L. Farley books. For my first book, When Now Becomes Too Late, focusing on the very moment of the rapture, in publishing process, true testimony on the very morning of 9-11. And I was thinking of changing the title on 9-11, When Now Becomes Too Late. Obviously, I kept it. Distant Reaches Autobiographical Adventures from Ireland to a Hurricane on the North Atlantic, 200 miles off the coast of North Carolina. All of it documented and all of it leading to Jesus. Book a trip that is more than just a day sail and watch, watch for Jesus, listen for his shout. He's going to shout today. Why today? Jesus' own words. Take no thought for tomorrow. Paul also said, while it is still called today, harden not your heart. Jesus is knocking on your heart's door today. His personal invitation proves this from Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. Hold, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any one hear my voice and open the door, I will come into them and will sup with them and they with me. I called on Jesus uh, September 22nd, 1974 with this very promise. And he answered, he'll answer you if you call to him personally, not me, not anybody else. Just call on Jesus. And he will listen. He will hear you. And the Lord willing, until we meet again next Sunday evening at revelationradio.net at 7.30 p.m. Central Time, from the eye of the storm, brothers and sisters, fathers and mothers, sons, daughters, uncles, aunts, cousins, new friends, and old friends, and strangers. Good harvest. Maranatha. Maranatha. Till Jesus comes. And that's the wrap for this evening, folks. May we all join together in prayer that each of us has a good night. And the Lord willing, until we meet next time, or... Until Jesus shouts and we meet in the air or at supper, here's bidding you all, each and every one, the very best Jesus has to offer you. From the eye of the storm, this is your host, Terry Farley, bidding you a good evening.